Not only did the Seattle Kraken win the Winter Classic against the Vegas Golden Knights, but they nailed the setup on every front. We'll talk about everything that went into the sweet setup for the Seattle Kraken, as well as the game itself and why both teams are trending in the complete opposite directions right now. On today's episode of the Locked On NHL podcast, we are your team every day. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening, everybody? Welcome into a Western Conference Tuesday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. We are your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On NHL your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the week. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. On today's episode of the Locked On NHL podcast, we recap the Winter Classic from head to toe, including a ton on the setup, the game itself. And we'll also talk about both teams that were involved because they're trending in different directions here as we move into 2024. My name is Seth Topal, host of Locked on Wild, and uh, one half of the dynamic duo here on uh, Western Conference Tuesday is Nick Morgan of Locked on Predators, joins me here today. And Nick, it's 2024 now, and uh, that means completely different things for both the Seattle Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights. But before we get to them, let's talk about the uh, Winter Classic in general, because Holy cow, Uh, the Seattle Kraken nailed it from pretty much every aspect uh, in yesterday's game. You know when a game starts with your team walking under a tunnel of dudes dressed like Pike Place fishmongers throwing fish back and forth on top of your team you know the presentation is only going to go uphill from there, right? You, you you know you know that's an A plus start. Yeah, you're you're destined for greatness when you incorporate those elements, and you know it. Just every part of the setup was fantastic, and S- Seattle really paid attention to the little details um, of of their setup on the uh, the field formerly known as Safeco Field. I. I missed what it is now called T-Mobile Park. I, th- I Yeah, I think you're correct there. But so they had the ice out in the outfield. But I loved the fact that they really dug into the Kraken theme all throughout what would be the infields by having the um, what looked like really choppy, dark water. And the players walked out onto the onto the ice on makeshift docks and you had little bits of Kraken throughout they had in uh, in one part of kind of the backdrop they had a, a pirate ship that had capsized and had Kraken tentacles coming out of it like whoever whoever was in charge of what we saw visually leading up to the um leading up to the the sheet of ice was just brilliant like every aspect of it was just just looked fantastic 
I don't know if that is Seattle or if that's the NHL, uh, but whoever it was, kudos. And I will say that I am glad that teams are pumping a lot of money into, you know, sort of their inner in arena entertainment team. Um, you know, how, well, I'm not sure if it's like the marketing or, or just in-house production or, or who it is, but you see a lot of teams investing a lot in, in in-game presentation and between periods things. Uh, I mean, the other team playing the Vegas Golden Knights, look what they've done uh, with some of their great pre-game stuff. We talk about it feeling like a, uh, like a Vegas show. Uh, Seattle, we know we've seen some good stories about how much they've invested in their team. Uh, And, and, you know, some of their good like pre-game videos and introduction and, you know, the, the team, skating out with the giant kraken horn coming or tentacle or whatever you call a kraken's appendage coming out of the ice uh and and it's fun uh and i think it adds to the atmosphere as well and you saw it last night where it was just it, it felt like a fun atmosphere however the game went um you know if you were there to kind of take in the sights the sounds um, the, the experience of just sort of being in the building, it was fun. And as much as we come down on, you know, NHL's, uh, you know, marketing strategy and stuff like that, they, I think, absolutely nailed this one. So I'm not sure who it was. I'm not sure if the NHL had a big hand in it. I don't know if it was mostly Seattle's baby, but whoever it was uh, deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, and there there were other instant there are other things that happened um throughout the game too that uh, i thought were really good were, were great as well like whoever decided to incorporate the um the coco cup into the the game itself so you have like the mvp of the winter classic i thought that was a great touch you uh, you keyed in on the uh, the fish toss that happened how about the pyrotechnics too like there were those sweet photos of Seattle players walking in with the flames shooting up out of the, uh, out of the dock. Um, I, I, I just, I was blown away by what we saw, but this is kind of a, this is kind of a Seattle staple is that they really have, have cornered the market on the, um, the maritime theme for their sports teams. You know, they've got the Seahawks, they've got the Mariners, they've got the Kraken. And I thought it was cool, too, that they incorporated those guys into the game, too. They had all the different Seattle greats um, from previous seasons sports-wise. They had Matt Hassel back there. They had Marshawn Lynch as kind of their brand ambassador throughout uh, the the lead-up to the game. It's just Seattle, I feel it feels like is a market that really gets, like, how to how to hype up, how to amp up their, uh, their sports teams by, uh, by kind of just going with this consistent theme that plays throughout uh, all three of them. Would have been a great place to announce the supersonics are coming back. Oh, if, if there is, if there is one thing missing from last night's game, it was that here's a question uh, for you, Seth. Sure. We talked about, you know, the good visuals, uh, of the winter classic. We talked about how fun it was, you know, the pyrotechnics, a lot of people who were there thought it was a well-done event, but the biggest tweet I've seen from hockey fans, uh, over the past like 48 hours was 
Oh yeah, the Winter Classic. Forgot about that. What do we think about the Winter Classic kind of as an entity right now? I think we I think we talked about this uh a few months ago in that if you want this to still have the major appeal, I think they've got to keep it to something that's not um as frequent because they've got, you know, they've got the stadium series. They've got other angles that also incorporate these outdoor games. And if I recall correctly, I think what I had suggested is that they turn this into a, uh, like a weekend thing where you have two games, you've got two games that happen in a particular market. And you incorporate your team into uh, into one of the games with maybe their one of their hated rivals or or some sort of a game that's going to have some meaning to it. And then you take and maybe you do like the Stanley Cup final rematch or, or something like that, something that's going to draw appeal and is going to turn it into kind of a spectacle thing for an entire weekend. I think the. I think one of the things, if I'm being super honest, that had kind of pulled away from yesterday's game was the fact that they were competing against those New Year's Day bowl games in college football. Yeah. That that is a, just a that's been a college football thing forever. And so, you know, you can't you can't eliminate having games on holidays because other sports do it. But I think it's it's hard to compete with all the people that are going to be watching college football literally all day. I mean, that's, that's what I did is yeah. I had the game and I recorded it and I watched it later, but um, that I think that's part of kind of what has pulled away from viewership outside of, outside of the diehards. Like you're going to have those people that watch hockey over everything else, no matter what, but if you really want to try to use this to pull in the, uh, the non-regular viewers, you got to find a way to kind of up the ante, I think, a little bit. And you got to find a way to just make it so that it's not competing against some of those pinnacle things um, that you typically get on especially New Year's Day. And that's the point, isn't it? To try to pull in those casual fans and kind of make it a once a year event, like a, like a must-see thing. I mean, that was sort of the pitch back when... You know, we, we had Crosby's big moment with the in the shootout with the snow coming down. And, you know, the, the first Red Wings Blackhawks at Wrigley Field, it just kind of felt like, you know, sort of a must-see event, whether you're a hockey fan, whether you're just a casual sports fan. And it seems like it's kind of lost that luster a, a little bit. And maybe part of it is just that this is going on every year now. Um, maybe there's a lot of casual sports fans that are going to be like, wait, when the hell did Seattle get an NHL team? Um, <laughs> you know, there, there's going to be a lot of, you know, casual sports fans watching college bowl games all day. I mean, set, like, how can you not watch a cheese it, get a massage that would like, that's must see TV right there. And it, it like, and we can talk about this more in a future show, but it just seems like the interest is way down and I'm not exactly sure if you're the NHL um, the best way to fix that, but there's a lot working against them with that new year's day slot. So I don't know, like, you know, I don't want to say have fewer outdoor games, like eliminate the stadium series or the heritage classic, but 
it feels like they need to kind of find a way to make this more of a once a day thing. And maybe that starts with just kind of changing out when it happens. Yeah. I, I think that would be a good place to start. I mean, because I've, that's something that I have always known, like even before I was a, a fan of, of hockey was that new year's day, you just sit and watch college football all day. Like it's just, it's on all the time. And so I, I, there are a few questions I think to, uh, to that need to be answered about the winter classic. And I think part of it includes the frequency of those outdoor games, like you said. Um, but those are some questions that the, uh, the NHL might want to, uh, start to take a peek at, but we'll, uh, we'll see if they do. Now we're, we're going to kind of keep it in a winter classic theme here by focusing on the two teams that played because not only did Seattle nail the visual aspects of the winter classic, but they also nailed the game too. And uh, we'll talk about the team that ended up on the wrong end of a three, nothing shutout loss, the Vegas golden Knights, because the, uh, the cards are starting to, uh, to come up on the wrong end. Uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights here recently. And so we'll uh, we'll talk about if there is trouble in Sin City when we continue today's episode of the Locked On NHL podcast after this. Today's episode of Locked On NHL is brought to you by Game Time. If you are looking to live more in the moment here in 2024, you have probably decided to spontaneously head to a sporting event, depending on uh, where your teams are at in the standings, maybe a concert uh, at your favorite uh, sports venue, or even just uh, going out to dinner and seeing a comedy show after. But there's nothing worse than the same-day ticket-buying experience. Either tickets are too expensive the day of, or you buy your tickets, and it turns out your view is obstructed when you get to the venue. Game time is here to make your ticket buying experience as stress free as possible. Game time offers last minute deals as well as views from every seat in the venue. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKED ON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L O C K E D O N. For $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back to today's episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. Once again, we are your team every day, and we thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen each and every day throughout 2024. Seth Topal joined by Nick Morgan and Nick, it's been a little bit of a rough go for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, over the last few games. They've lost um, six of eight, and uh, they ended up getting shut out by the Seattle Kraken, who are suddenly red hot. How concerned do we need to be about uh, the Vegas Golden Knights here as we move into 2024? Uh, Well, here's some numbers. Since November 1st, uh, and this is tweeted out by Big Head Hockey. Since November 1st, Vegas, in terms of points, 18th in the entire NHL. So this has been a, uh, you know, sort of a trend in the wrong direction for a while. Now, of course, they started red hot. So they banked a lot of points. Uh, and, you know, if they check the standings, they're still 
you know, second place in their division, um, you know, right behind um, Vancouver, who's red hot right now. Uh, not having Aiden Hill, who might be your front runner for the Vezina right now, uh, who he's been out for the past couple of weeks with an injury, that certainly doesn't help matters much. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it, it's tough to say whether, like, oh, they're they're crashing back down to earth because we've seen them get hot before. Uh, but this is now two months in which they've just kind of been okay like not terrible like they're not like the chicago blackhawks or anything like that um but it's it's been two months where they've just been okay and considering what they did in the postseason last year what they did to start this season uh i mean maybe that's a little bit concerning yeah i i look at it as you know you lose a goalie the caliber of aiden hill who's having a massive season uh so far for the golden knights goals against average under two and a a guy that we talked about at length in the off season and into this season as well and it's one of those things too where it's it's the timing is frustrating because you just get him back uh reading on espn here that uh, he missed the first seven games of December with a lower body injury and lasted just six minutes, 25 seconds in his return against Ottawa on December 17th. So it's one of those, you you almost have a sigh of relief because, okay, we get him back, we got Hill back, and now we can kind of get ourselves back up to the top of the list. But then he gets injured again, and so you're dealing with some untested goalies as uh, Bruce Cassidy said here uh, in the in the article uh, Jiri Patera has been uh, playing a much bigger role since Hill was injured got Logan Thompson back and so it's it's a situation for Vegas here where you just have to kind of weather the storm I think they they really haven't had a stretch like this so far this season I mean they've had stretches where they've They've had stretches where they have struggled a little bit, but this is, I think, the first real test of the season for them. But this is where having a guy like Bruce Cassidy as your coach is where that's what you fall back on. You fall back on, you know, the the tightness of the group, the um the closeness of the group, and you just have to you just have to lean on that to weather some of these stretches and Look, it's not like they have fallen out of the playoff picture or anything. Um, They're still tied with the Vancouver Canucks for most points in the Pacific Division. They're tied with Colorado and Vancouver for most points in the Western Conference. So it's not like Vegas has lost anything substantial in this uh, little skid that they have been on here recently. It's just, I think, a, a good reminder for them that it's a long season and it's a good reminder for us too it's a long season and every team even the best teams in the nhl they go through little stretches like this and at the end of the day games here don't matter as much as the ones in say april where you're trying to get yourself on track to get into the postseason and um and, and that's where the big prize is. So as long as Vegas keeps themselves where they need to be, 
I, I think they'll be fine. Yeah. And if there's, you know, Vegas needs inspiration, uh, they can just look at last year's Vegas Golden Knights team because the kind of the same thing happened where it was they got out to this hot start. Then sort of, you know, around December, some injuries popped up. Uh, they started getting cold. They got red hot again, got a little bit cold again, then finished red hot. And, you know, can we know how that happened? So, and, and I remember going into that playoff thinking, okay, do we really know who the real Vegas Golden Knights are? So, you know, every team goes through that. Uh, I look at the standings right now and um, every team kind of up there right now, um, you know, has kind of had a stretch, like maybe a one week stretch of, okay, what are we doing here? It's just, as you mentioned, I think the normal course of a hockey season. Um, so, so yeah, not, not too worried about Vegas, uh, at the moment, uh, maybe more impressed Seth with the Seattle Kraken. Yeah. And, uh, we'll talk about the suddenly surging Seattle Kraken on a nine game point streak. They have won five in a row. And a large reason as to why is the guy who is between the pipes against the Vegas Golden Knights yesterday. So we'll talk about the surging Seattle Kraken to finish today's episode of the Lockdown NHL podcast after this. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Folks, the NFL regular season is wrapping up. But there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And that's because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. There's no better place to jump in on the action than FanDuel because the app is easy to use and there are so many different ways to win. Like the live same game parlays. You can find bets in the new explore tab. So you can search for, you know, maybe a specific player or a specific stat or money line. You can make a parlay in the parlay hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays and much, much more, including traditional things like spreads, player props, and the money line. So visit FanDuel slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner in the NFL. Final segment of this first Western Conference Tuesday of 2024 here on the Lockdown NHL podcast. Once again, we thank you for making Lockdown NHL your first listen each and every day. Seth Topol and Nick Morgan here with you. and. Nick, it uh, has been a surge for the Seattle Kraken. We've keyed in on them throughout the first part of this season as a team that I think we were a little surprised to see them struggling as much as they are. And then the injury bug hit. Philip Grubauer knocked uh, knocked out of the lineup. And it just looked like a Kraken team that needed somebody to uh, to step up and Get them back on track, and lo and behold, Joey Decord, who had a shutout in yesterday's win against the Vegas Golden Knights, he has been sensational uh, for Seattle and is a huge reason as to why they have points in nine straight games and have won five in a row and have suddenly thrown themselves back in to the, uh, the postseason conversation. Uh, as of right now, just one point behind the Arizona Coyotes for the final wild card spot in the Western Conference. So 
Nick, is it as simple as better goaltending for Seattle to get them back into postseason conversation? Yeah, I would say pretty <laughs> simple. Uh, and, and also shout out to Joey Decord because, uh, you know, good guy, good journeyman, uh, NHL player. Uh, and I was a little surprised to learn that that was the first shutout in Winter Classic history. This game's been going on for what, since 2007, 2008. And that's the yeah. first shutout, uh, according to the NHL. So, uh, yeah, shout out to, to Joey Decord. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, the fact that he is kind of carrying the team right now, like nine, 19 save percentage. Uh, I think he's at, I think he started the year around 900. So that should kind of tell you just how well he's been doing. Uh, two goals or fewer in his last four starts, um, you know, including a good, uh, 40, three saves on uh, 44 shots performance against the Kings, uh, you know, about a week and a half ago, which, you know, we talked about the Kings being a hot team. I think that was kind of a statement game for him. Um, and also like, let's uh, shout out on the past week, uh, Chris Dreger. Remember him? Uh, is maybe the goalie heir apparent in, in Seattle before, you know, a very bad injury, I think kind of derailed his season last year. Uh, he came back into the lineup his first NHL game in, you know, over a year and a half uh, and gets a 38 save win against Calgary. Uh, so Seattle's goaltending is carrying the load right now. And it's a good thing because you kind of look up and down their lineup and there's not a whole lot of, let's say, consistency. Uh, from the Seattle Kraken this season as compared to maybe last year's team. Yeah, you, you don't have those those guys that have routinely stepped up to uh, to lead this team to wins. I mean, look at who scored in the game yesterday. Eli Tolvanen with his 10th. Will Borgen scored his first goal of the season, and then Yanni Gord with his fifth. And so... That's going to be another key for Seattle, too, is that if you're not getting one guy that kind of takes the lead, you're going to have to have a bunch of guys that that step up and uh, are answering answering the call on a nightly basis. And it's it, it seems like they are uh, are getting that. So we're starting to hear Matty Benier's name a little more frequently than we uh, previously had. And he's a player that certainly has uh, has struggled to start the season. But if they can just, you know, if they can just find like they had last year, a couple of players that they can consistently lean on offensively. And if they get something similar to this for goaltending, they're obviously not going to get goaltending at this level all season. But if they can get something close to this and can get enough offense to uh, to lead them through on the days where the goaltending isn't isn't as crisp, it's a Seattle team that I think is capable of going on a similar run as they did last year. the The question is just going to be, you know, how long can Decord keep this going? Uh, how how long can they get this between the pipes to uh, to keep them in that uh, in that playoff hunt? The big thing for the Kraken, the, the big reason that they did what they did last year was two things. Depth, 
depth scoring and defense, team defense, uh, because, you know, goaltending wasn't that great last year either. Uh, and neither one of them have really been there this year. I mean, they do have 15 players with 10 plus points, which I guess is good, but. You know, their leading scorer is Vince Dunn with 31 points, and that's never a good sign when one of your defensemen is is a sub one-point-a-game pace and leading your team in scoring. Uh, yeah, and we mentioned, you know, in terms of team defense, you know, Matty Beneers, Jared McCann, those were kind of, you know, the top line last year. I think Jordan Everly was with them. Um you know, Matty Beneers is minus 15 this season. And we know plus minus isn't the, you know, end all be all indicator when it comes to, you know, how well you're defending out there. But uh, minus 15 means you are out there for a lot more goals against than goals that you're creating. And I think that's been a big problem this year is you had guys out there sort of winning their battles, uh, whether it's on the back end. Um, you know, or in the defensive zone or, you know, being able to win puck battles in the neutral zone. That was Seattle's bread and butter last year. And it just hasn't happened this year. So, you know, if, if that, especially the top of the lineup, you know, guys like Veneers and, and Jaden Schwartz and Jared McCann can kind of pick up the two-way game a little bit. Uh, I, they should maybe get a little bit better because I, I still think the defense, you know, the actual blue liners have been good. Vince Dunn uh, has been good. I know Will Borgens had a good defensive season. Um, so maybe if that picks up, if the you know the, the top guys can start winning some of their puck battles, I think Seattle can go in the right direction, especially if they have goaltending, uh, like what Decord's been able to do the past month or so. Yeah, lean on that goaltending as long as you have it, and uh, then lean on the offense when the goaltending starts to uh, to go a little cool, but. It's great to see Seattle back. It was a it was a big weekend for them with the uh, Winter Classic, but then also with their play as well. And so uh, kudos to Seattle for matching on both ends of the uh, Winter Classic here this year. Uh, that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on NHL. We thank everybody for tuning in as uh, as you do each and every day to the Locked on NHL podcast. And uh, we've got plenty more coming up for you here throughout 2024. So make sure to stay tuned, make sure to uh, subscribe, make sure to hit this video with a like uh, before you uh, head out for the day. And uh, you can follow along with our wide range of Lockdown NHL hosts all throughout the week with new episodes here every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.